Sister Alice is going to come and light our Advent wreath this morning. Amen. We're on our third. Third Sunday, Third Sunday, my goodness. So today we relight the first two candles of the Advent wreath, the candle of hope and the candle of peace. Now we light the third candle of Advent. This is the candle of joy. As the coming of Jesus, our Savior, draws near, our joy builds up with our anticipation of his birth. From the book of Isaiah, we read these words of our Lord. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and as people as a delight. Isaiah 65, 18. From the New Testament, the words of Paul. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Galatians 5, 25 Let us pray. We joyfully praise you, O Lord, for the fulfillment of your promise of a Savior and what that means in our lives. Thank you for the gift of salvation through the birth of your Son, Jesus. Create us, create in us anew as we wait, and help us to see your glory as you fill our lives with your living Spirit. Amen. You know, we just came through a holiday here in the United States we call Thanksgiving. And we're ready to go to Christmas here in another week. And uh, But I wonder how many people really take time, take time to be thankful on Thanksgiving, let alone uh, throughout the year are we thankful to the Lord for all the things that He's done for us, for all the blessings. It's really one area of Christian... Discipleship that has been neglected oftentimes in the church. Thanksgiving, we tend to think it's an option. Because uh, really, you know, we look at everything on a human scale as an option. But, you know, praise and thanksgiving are written about throughout the Bible. You know, just read the Psalms and, and how we're to give thanks and be grateful and, and, and uh, uh, to our Creator, to our Maker, to the One who sustains us as well as blesses us. Thankfulness should be something as a part of a Christian as a, you know, a fish swimming in water. It should be a, a common occurrence in our lives. You know, the Lord's dealings with us make thanksgiving and praise on our part the only thing that's appropriate as a believer. We should just be thankful. Amen. Amen. Has God done something for you today? Amen. Yes. You know, the psalmist says it best. He says here in, in Psalm uh, 92, 1, 2, and 4, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to thy name, O Most High God, to declare thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness by night. For thou, O Lord, hast made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the works of thy hand. It's good to give thanks and to be thankful. We're going to read a story here in the Gospel of Luke that is very familiar to many of you if you've been around uh, church at any time. And This is actually a message I've never preached before in 13 years. Shame on me. Amen. But we're going to talk today about the ten lepers, ten lepers that were healed by Jesus. We've been on Jesus doing some miraculous things over the last several weeks and this is Right up there with him. This is a big one. But he heals the ten lepers. And only one. Now I did say leper, but it sounded like leopards. You know? I guess that's a West Virginia thing coming out on there. You know? <laughs> Not the cat. You know, leopard. Leper. There we go. Let me know what a leper is. There we go. We got John, Brother John's got one there. Uh, biblical uh, leprosy was like a whiteness that would cover the skin on the outside. But, of course, we know that leprosy is a very infectious disease, contagious highly, and it could affect not only the whole body and the skin, but, you know, you could lose fingers and toes. And uh, I guess if, if it really progressed, you could lose limbs. Uh, but generally, the, those who had it would suffer greatly. And, and certainly they were ostracized because of it. But uh, we're going to talk about God's thankfulness. And, and today it speaks of one person. 
out of those ten who expressed gratitude to the Lord for his blessings that God did for him. And we'll also look at the nine others who did not. Before we begin, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence here with us today, Lord. You are a great and mighty God. and We are thankful and grateful that you have saved us. Lord, you have given us life and breath and, and an awareness of who you are to us, our creator and maker. Lord, we're here to thank you and to learn from your word uh, some principles on thankfulness. Lord, speak to our hearts today. I, Father, ask for your anointing to communicate to your people. Without that anointing, I cannot do that. I can do nothing, Lord. Lord, speak through me as your servant today to your people and speak to each of our hearts and lives. And Lord, we thank you for doing that. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, we'll look at three key points of emphasis in our text today. It's Luke 17, 11 through 19. That's where we'll be today. We'll see first out, a crying out for mercy. How many believe that's a good thing? To cry out for mercy to the Lord. Amen. And uh, we read here in verse 11 of chapter 17. It came to pass, I love that saying, and it came to pass. Can you imagine, I mean, if you woke up in the morning like today, you got up in the morning and, and you just heard that out of the ether, you know, as you're waking up, you know, it came to pass as Terry was rising for her morning coffee. Yeah. It came to pass as I drive into the Burger King window after service, it came to pass. Which just happened to come to pass as Jesus, the Bible says he, but it's talking about Jesus, he went to Jerusalem. He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. So we've talked about the Lord over the last several weeks with His disciples, with Him. Uh, going out, uh, had, He had launched His ministry. And He was doing exactly what Isaiah chapter 1 said He would be doing. And what He reaffirmed to John the Baptist later was going on. He was healing the sick. He was delivering those who were oppressed. He was preaching the good news. Amen. And that's what He was doing. He was about being busy about His Father's business. Going from town to town, uh, you can say he hit some cities there, but he, here he was going to the city of Jerusalem. And on his way, uh, verse 12, he entered into a certain village, and there met him ten men that were lepers, which, notice, stood afar off. That's pretty, pretty graphic expression, very simple, two simple verses. It came to pass he was passing through. Ten men just happened to be there seeing him as he was passing through. Coincidence or divine appointment? There's no coincidences with God. Oh, no, no. He, he, he was destined to meet those men that day. Destined to pass by where they were at. Ten men's lives would be changed that very day. Amen. Isn't that amazing? I look at my life and it, it stuns me how God operates. He just happened to send a man my way 40 years ago to tell me about Jesus. I just happened to go to church with him after he asked me like three or four times and I turned him down. I finally, and I happened to get saved that night. That all came to pass. All came to pass. <laughs> and as I was there, Jesus passed by me. And you know, what we'll see as we look at this text, and it's only a few verses today, but we're going to see some very powerful lessons that, that apply on many levels. I mean, no, we're physical beings. We have a body. Uh, we live on a physical earth. But we also know that we have a spiritual side, a spiritual nature. We have a soul and a spirit. The soul being the mind, will, and emotions. The spirit being the eternal or the immortal part of a man. Jesus is going to do something in the bodies of these men. But it's not just the body that's affected. 
you know, when something we're touched by the Lord in, in any area of our life, there, there are spiritual connotations there as well. You know, these were lepers. These were men who were ostracized. They were put outside of their village, outside of the camp, and were not allowed to come in to contact with other people. According to the Jewish law, and according uh, to the way of man, they, they were outcasts, living on their own, fending for themselves. I mean, well, they banded together. That's a good thing. It shows the humanity. You know, if, if we're outcasts, you know, typically we, we, we look for others. Amen? And But in this story, this real story, we can look at it and see that, you know, as human beings, we... We have a disease too inside the spirit. We're very much like those lepers. We're very much outcast. We're outside of God's household. And they had lost their families. They could no longer come in God. You know, because of sin, we've been put outside of God's household. Mankind is really like these lepers in this story. There's a great deal of... Uh, Inference here that's that's very not not very subtle. It's just pretty clear to see. But ten men stood afar off. I wanted to read, if I could, out of Leviticus chapter thirteen, and give you an idea why they were standing outside of the camp. Uh, somebody said, well, that's pretty hardcore, man. If somebody gets sick, you put them out. Well, think about it for a minute. Uh, in those days, and we still have this today, it's still, go, it's, it's still not been eradicated, and there are other infectious diseases that seems like man will overcome one and then another will show up. But if they were to be with their people in the condition they were in, the whole town would be leprous. And everybody would die. So God had to set in His Word a, a, a precedent here. And uh, in Leviticus 13, 45 and 46, the Scripture says this, The person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes, let his hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of his face, and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! As long as he has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone. He must live outside the camp. Now that's God's instruction to Moses to give to the people. So, uh, did God do that to be bad? To be mad? To be mean? No, it was to protect the others from contacting this particular disease. But can you imagine what it would be like for these ten men. You could not meet anyone. I mean, you got close to anyone, you had to cry out, unclean, unclean. That's why they were standing afar off as Jesus passed by. They, they recognized who He was. They knew who He was. Notice they called Him Master. Master, have mercy on us. They recognized they knew that's Jesus passing by, but they couldn't go so far. How were they declared unclean? Well, they had to go present themselves to the priest at the temple. They had to present themselves, and a priest would examine them and say, you're unclean. Or if they were cured, you're, you're clean. You can come back. Most of the time when you got that, it was a death sentence. You would not become clean. But the priest would be the one to tell you. Can you imagine? That's the last person you would hear and come in contact with the priest of God. You're unclean. You have to go outside. Outside the camp. Kind of reminds me of those words of the sinner. Depart from me. You workers of iniquity. Those are words you don't want to hear. That must have been what it felt like to these men. They were put out by the authority of God. 
outside because of a condition that they happen to have. And you know the whole human race is suffering in a condition of spiritual leprosy and they don't even know it. They've been put out of God's camp and, and most don't even know that. They're just happy to hang out with the other lepers. Oh, he's preaching now. Come on. And don't realize what they're missing when they get restored. Amen. And where they can really be. And I know when I came into the church for the first time and heard the gospel, and I, I thought to myself, man, I, I need what these people have. I, I, I felt unclean. How many know what I'm talking about? You ever been in a church and, 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 and wasn't saved and, and come in contact with other believers and you're like, something wrong with me. I, I don't fit in here. I, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable. I feel like I need, you know, some repenting to be done here. Glory to God. I mean, that's a good place to be. You know, I mean, actually, these men were in a good spot that day. Amen. I don't believe it was by coincidence. I mean, because Jesus was passing by. I wanted to read here and show you something. Uh, I wrote it down in my notes. Forgive me here. Uh, you go back earlier to Luke 5. And of course, we're in Luke 17. Uh, you don't have to turn there. I just wanted to make mention. But in Luke 5, when Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell down with his face to the ground. And he begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Isn't that amazing? Lord, if you're willing. Now this happened before this incident with the ten. And we have uh, recorded in Luke 5, 12-13, the Bible says this, When the man fell down and cried out to make him clean, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. He said, I am willing. Amen. Be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. Amen. Immediately. Can you imagine that? The Gospel of Mark goes and gives us a wonderful insight into the heart of Jesus. We see them crying out for mercy. And really, mercy is getting what we don't deserve. Justice is just the opposite. It's getting what we do deserve. And they were crying out for mercy. What motivates God to respond to mercy? It's compassion. Amen. It's His compassion toward us and toward those who were leprous. The Bible says in Mark 1.40, Jesus was filled with compassion. You know, what a great phrase used by John there to describe the Lord Jesus Christ. Filled with compassion. Compassion really means a deep awareness and sympathy for another's suffering. Empathy, in other words. Coupled with, and I like this, a deep desire to relieve it. The Bible tells of Jesus' compassion time and time again in Matthew 14, Matthew 20, and Luke 7. Compassion. They cried out for mercy. Secondly, he responded to the need. You know, when you have a need, friend, when you have a, a need inside of your life, of your heart, you, you cry out to God for mercy. Amen. Somebody says, oh, well, that, you Christians are weak-minded, but hey, man, I'm the weakest-minded of all. I just put me down on the list. Sometimes I don't think I can do anything without God helping me, to be honest with you. Somebody says, well, you really mean that? I, you better believe it. You better believe it. I need Him. You hear me pray every week when I get up a message or, or, or preach or anything. I can do nothing. If, if anything is accomplished, it's only for, by His grace. He has to touch this mind because it needs it. I mean, he has to touch this heart because I, I, I need Him. I rely on Him. I rely wholly upon Him. It's His grace. Oh, hallelujah. And when you think about these, these men uh, coming by and Jesus responding to that cry. He heard that cry. Jesus! We're unclean, but have mercy on us! Have mercy! 
I, I can't help but recall the, the story of blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. Jesus! Amen. Son of David, have mercy on me. Yeah. Wow. I would just love... I, I thank God they're going to have replay in heaven. I know they're going to have... I'm going to see all this go. I'm going to be there, man. One day, 40 years ago, he heard me. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Please save me. Yes. Cried out in the darkness of my room at night. Jesus, forgive me. Save me. I, I'm lost. Yeah. He heard that. He reached down. He touched. He touched me. And you know what I told my parents and my family? When I got up the next day, I said, I feel so clean inside. Like God just came in. He was in my room, but he, I feel so clean. Why? He touched me. Yes. Have me know that song. Come on now. He touched, he touched, he touched me. me. And all the joy that fills my soul. Something happened. And now I know. He touched me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's what we need. What what caused that interaction was he responded with compassion and and had mercy. He had mercy. Now look what he does here in verse fourteen. He responds to the need. We talked about him just a moment ago of cleansing the leper, and notice Jesus reached out and touched the man and said, "I will be thou clean." Touched him. Now that was against the law. Huh? You're not supposed to touch up. But how many know that, that sin and sickness, disease can't affect God? They can't stay in God's presence. He's, he's Lord. He's Lord over that. Hallelujah. You and I get around sin and infection and all that. We, we succumb. But not Jesus. He's Lord. Master. Man fell down at his feet. Have mercy on me. And Jesus, he knew he could change that man's life. He said, I will. I will. And here these ten men stood there, disfigured, hair all, faces covered, probably nubs on the can't hardly walk, been ostracized, no human contact. Lost their family, lost everything. Here they were, broken men, men totally broken before God. And I can just see Jesus on the inside just crying. But he does something different. He does something different here, and I think it's very significant. Notice he, he, he at times, he just, he just speaks the word. People were here. What did we talk about last Sunday? He spit on the ground and made mud and put it on the man's eyes. Why? And then told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he came up seeing. Why didn't he just touch him? Why didn't he? You know, I, I don't know about you. I don't want to question God. <laughs> How he does what he does or why he does. We just go, I just thank God he does the what he does. Amen. Well, you know, how did He save you, brother? I don't know, man. He saved me. Glory to God. I just believe He died and rose again and I cried out for mercy and He, he changed me. Somebody said, you ever seen any miracles happen? That was a miracle. Glory to God. Somebody said, if you really knew me, you know it would be a miracle. Come on now. It's a miracle. I mean, it's just... It's, we have... Much to be thankful for. And as Christians, as believers, we need to demonstrate our thankfulness. In other words, not take it for granted. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not preaching at you. Come on now. I'm right there with you. I'm not as grateful and thankful as I need to be at times. Amen. We tend to get busy and move on. We overlook the things God, we take for granted what He does for us. We need to be thankful. Amen. But look what he says here in verse 14. When he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Can you imagine that? 
He just spoke a command. He told them to do something. Go show yourselves to the priests. Can you imagine just thinking for a moment? That was the last person we saw before being put out. And the words was, you can't come in. The last words we heard from the priests were, you're unclean. See, the priests had a specific set of rules given to them by God. They had to go by certain conditions. And if those men were had sores and certain they, they were to be put out of the camp according to God's word. They were out. And now he says, go show yourselves to the priests. And the men, that's faith, brother. Come on. The men turned and started going to, we're going, let's go. I kept giving them, they couldn't run. They were, you know, just... <laughs> you know, they hobbling. Okay. Like our TV programs today. Let's. I want you to think in your minds. I think for a moment. They had heard Jesus had healed this other leper, and he was clean. They had heard probably at this point about the man uh, with the eyes being healed. They had heard. And Jesus told them, turn and go show yourself. He didn't say be healed. He said, turn and go show yourself to the priest. And as these men, can you let your mind go? They turn, and as they're walking, the the, 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 the white blotches on it started to to clear up. The film that were over the eyes, the the, the covering of the, the, the white. Began to, they began to see the sun and the brightness and the, they, the, 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 they could feel the sand under their feet for the first time, maybe in years. They, they, they began to get a spring in the step. Hey! Hey! Can you I mean, just think, whoa! Hands, maybe fingers started coming back out. Come on now. Skin like the skin of a baby. Remember Naaman the leper when 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 Elijah got him and told him to wash in the Jordan seven times. He called with skin like a baby. He looked over at his friend. Maybe his nose had come. He had you know they lepers lose their noses. They're hideous creatures, but they're human beings like you and I. They just have a condition. Begins to destroy the body. But the soul and the spirit are still, they have to live with that. You know, there are things, some of us have perfect bodies, not me, you know. But our souls are corrupt or leprous. You see, God wants to heal us both on the inside as well as the outside. Now ultimately as a believer, come on, we're going to get a new body. That should make you thankful right there. Come on now. It's a done deal. He said, if I raised for our, you were raised up with him, hallelujah, if you're in Christ. We're just waiting on that great getting up morning. But these men would go and they began to look. They ran to the priest. But there's a there's a the story doesn't really end there. I mean, that would be enough to just make you shout. Well, somebody did. Come on, let's see how this ends here. We see them crying out for mercy. He responded to their need. And now we see thirdly, a grateful Samaritan expressing gratitude. So you had ten men. Nine were Jews. And one was a foreigner. The dreaded Samaritan. I remember the story of the the good Samaritan. The priest walks by. This man laid in the ditch. He'd been beaten and robbed. The priest walks by. Levite walks by. But the Samaritan stopped to help him. Took him to the inn to get medical attention. Paid for all of his bills and his lodging. The Samaritan. In the story, moral of the story, remember the Jews hated the why they were half breeds half breeds well I mean everybody in this room here I think is a half breed come on now you ain't pure nothing (laughs) 
And somebody said, you, you're pure white boy. I am, but I got like five or six white boy nationalities in this white boy. Hello? <laughs> Irish, English, whatever, you know. Pure sinner, <laughs> we truly are Babylon, amen, we a mixed, a mixed people. But how do you know God loves mixed people? Amen. And you know, oftentimes, though, those who should show gratitude and know to show gratitude from their own, don't. Nine Jews who knew the Bible and knew and understood about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. None of them turned around and said, Thank you, Jesus. Who is this man didn't who did this? Didn't even ask that. Did didn't you? even ask nothing. And what was the Lord's response? Let's look at that. That's, I think that's what should touch each of us here, really. One of them, verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice, oh, hallelujah. Some folks say, I don't know about y'all shouting in church. People saying amen and glory. Hallelujah. Jesus. Well, we, we're Pentecostal, but you know, nowadays Pentecost isn't quite like it used to be. Come on. Amen, Sister Eleanor. Come on. That's right. We really, really did some shouting. Come on. That was when we didn't have as many problems. That's right. That's when we were grateful and thankful. Amen. Come on now. Uh, 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 we're in the message here today demonstrating thankfulness. Man, when I got saved, I couldn't stop praising God. Come on. I couldn't stop thanking Him. I couldn't stop worshiping and magnifying the Lord. I couldn't stop telling other people what He did for me. You know, what, what causes us sometimes to lose that luster is the response of other people. You know, they're like, oh, <laughs> but when you are being changed and touched by God you can't help no matter what they think or say but tell people about Jesus amen. amen and this man was so grateful what God had done for him think about it I can go back to society I can rejoin my family I can see my wife again I can see my children I can touch them they can touch me I, 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 the death sentence is gone I've been healed. Now the others felt the same way, but he it's because of this Jesus. He did it. He did it. He said, I gotta I gotta go back and thank you. Oh, that the church, Lord, that the people of God, that we would be grateful, that we as your people, Lord, would be thankful for what you've done for us. Because really his test his witness and his thankfulness would be what others would see. And draw them to Jesus. Hallelujah as well. You know, how many know it's not pride, but it's humility that says, I must give thanks to the greater one, yeah. to the master. It says here that he came back, verse 16. I don't know, he's glorifying God. That's a good thing. <laughs> I'm saying, I remember a lady in the church got healed and she just couldn't stop shouting. And you know, some of the religious folks are, oh, she's shut up over there. She's making a ruckus over there. Making a, hey, you have something in your body that's sick and God touched. What if you had a arthritis or cancer or something and God healed you? You're going to sit there and just, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Brother, I'm running all over the building. Yes. Have you ever seen that? You ever been to healing crusades? See, we don't see a lot of that nowadays. A lot of chicanery, a lot of fakery goes on. A lot of, you know, when you get real with God, God starts getting real with you. Amen. It's just simple that if you start crying out for mercy, you touch His heart, His compassion is going to reach out and touch you. Hallelujah. How many know God's the same yesterday, today, and forever? He doesn't change. He said uh, to Moses, I am the Lord. I change not. I can't do that voice, but I, think, I always imagine the Lord talking like that. You know, Moses. Yes, Lord. Go down to the people. 
Jimmy Durant here or nothing. You know what I mean? Right. Or, you know, Moses, go down to the people there and tell them, uh, you know. Moses. <laughs> I got to have an authoritative voice, you know. Something to get you. I do imagine when he speaks, you're going to listen. Amen. Hallelujah. The man, verse 16, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. Did that escape God's attention? The man giving thanks? Did, did Jesus not receive that from him? Well, I mean, he actually he healed him who was a Samaritan. Well, I, I don't think I can heal. I healed nine of you, but the other guy, you wasn't born here, so you know you ain't gonna get the blessing. He healed all ten, and the only one who came back was a man who probably didn't even know the Bible and what had done on it. He, but he was grateful, and uh, I, I love that. Uh, those are the type of men I want to meet. That's called character. I don't care where you're from or what your color is. You know, Martin Luther King said something many years ago, and I was a, a young man when he said it. When he said, it's not about the, con the color of your skin, but about the context of your character. The content of your character. Your character. This man had character. How many people have, has God done something for that don't even stop to say thank you. Too many. Somebody said, well, he ain't never done nothing for me. You, you breathing right now. Hello. <laughs> you, you got health. You got life. You got some, well, my health isn't too good. Well, you're still aware. You still have self-aware. Amen. Thank you for what you got. Amen. He might give you a little bit more. I'll throw that. That's no extra charge for that. Come on. <laughs> he might give you a little more. Amen. How many parents we got in here? I think about everybody, alright? You give your kids something at Christmas for, and they just like, how does that make you feel? Working beans. Man, I go out there and work hard and buy that, and you're like, Why don't you uh, owe you 200 
Why don't you take, I'll, I'll pay you a hundred, and then the other hundred, you take two hundred dollars worth of toys. As I said, I look at the deal to me. I went in there and I didn't realize what novelty toy company was, you know. So, that year my children got hand buzzer. <laughs> uh, ice, uh, flying ice cube, hello. Put uh, nasty tasting gum that snaps your finger when you pull it out. Uh, whoopee cushions all over the place, man. And I'm like, this is horrible. You remember the whoopee cushion? I love that cushion. Yeah. And the kids were like, this is great. I'm like, I spent $100 on junk. And they were like, oh, we got the best Christmas ever. They preach why you thought thankfulness. Gratitude. Uh, did I, I did I want to give them better or do better? Well, sure, but it's always good when someone says thank you. You know, they're grateful or they're happy with, with the way things have gone. And and this man turned back. His life was changed. I mean, he went from an outcast. Now he could go live. He went from abnormal to normal, and he stopped to thank the Lord. Amen. What a wonderful thing. Verse 17, yes, God does notice our attitude and our demeanor in life. Okay? Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten lepers cleansed? Where are the nine? What do you think he didn't know? Oh, he knew before he even healed them. But now he's, he's teaching a lesson to his disciples, and that's to you and I today. They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise. I mean, he's laying at his feet, just worshiping and magnifying the Lord. Arise, go thy way. Now look what he says. Thy faith has made thee whole. Hallelujah. See, when we take our faith, and you know the Bible says, that God has given to every man a measure of faith. And of course in Hebrews it says without faith it's impossible to please God. Now they demonstrated faith by just turning to go back to the priest. And that's when they were healed. And notice he said your faith has made you whole. So when we put our faith, not in faith, but in Jesus, he makes us whole. And we ought to be thankful. Somebody say amen. amen. And, and how, how do you demonstrate thankfulness? How, how, how do you demonstrate? Not, 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 we see how this man did, but how do you in your life, in your situation? You know, don't, don't say anything. I want you to ponder that. Uh, there are ways that we are we're grateful and we can show our gratitude uh, to the Lord by, of course, how we live our lives, how we treat others, how we uh, approach Him, most importantly. And how we are, are showing our thankfulness and our gratitude. The, the greatest way we can show gratitude is living a life for Him. Following Him and obeying Him. Amen. That shows that we're grateful. How many people get something from God, like salvation, but they don't live for Him? Is that gratitude? Is that being grateful? No, if He changed my life and turned it around, I need to... I need to live for Him. Hallelujah. I need to serve Him. There's other people He wants to reach, and He can use me as an instrument to help reach those people. And uh, what better tool than gratitude, amen, in demonstrating thankfulness, being truly thankful. Uh, Henry Ward Beecher has this to say, quote, Pride slays thanksgiving. But a humble mind is the soul out of which thanks naturally grows. Oh, hallelujah. And he goes on and says, A proud man is seldom a grateful man. But he never thinks he gets as much as he deserves. Unquote. Maybe those other nine thought that they were entitled to. After all, that's the Messiah. He should do this for us. But is that really the right approach? No. I'm glad He saved me. 
Because he could have let me rot in hell. But he chose to spend time with a young man whose life was on the wrong side of the tracks. He said, I need to get you heat from here to over here. And I'm willing. Do you have faith? Yes, Lord, I do. I love that one statement in the Bible where he, he approaches the man and he says, he said, all you need is, is to believe. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now that's about as low in faith as you can go. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I want to believe, but I don't, I'm full of unbelief. Help me. I want to believe. God will work with that. Somebody say amen. amen. God can deal with that. Glory to God. Lord, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. Amen. <laughs> That's faith that God can bring. Mustard seed. Amen. Doesn't have to be some big type of... I remember after I got saved, you know how religion does. It's Faith is simple. Just God says go and you go. God says do and you do. Yeah. What's being thankful? Lord, I thank you. How, how is that complicated? And I got saved, and I don't know about you guys in Pentecost, but right around that time, this movement began to come <clears throat> called Word Faith. Remember the Word Faith? And uh, of course, I hear all these older adults, people that have been saved. Well, this is, you know, if you want something from God, see how it's simple? We just read a simple story, right? Simple, simple, simple. Mad religion gets a hold of it. Well, brother, you just have to, you know, you gotta quote twenty scriptures over and over again. You know, gotta speak the word. How do I do that? Uh, well, you memorize all the word and you quote it over and over again until finally it, 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 it turns into magic and poof, you get whatever you want. Well, they don't quite put it that way, but really that's what they're saying. And if you speak it long enough, it'll get into your mind and you'll really believe it. And all of a sudden, poof. You know, in other words, you got the flu, right? Oh, well, I got the flu. <clears throat> oh, don't say you got the flu. Don't say that. You know, if you confess the wrong thing, it'll get all over you. Don't confess that. That's, say the right thing. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. <laughs> I mean, we think about it. And still, I, I, I was with, with a preacher one time who was doing that stuff. He's like, I'm going to pray for all the sick folk. Oh, my God. And I'm like, man, I ain't going up here. You're going to breathe all over me. You sick as a dog. And the guy had the nerve to stand up there and say, you know, I ain't never been sick a day in my life. You got snot running down his nose. Oh, my God. I said, dude, you the sickest looking thing I've ever seen. Why don't you go home to bed? <laughs> That's my confession of faith. If I say something other than that, then, then, then you know I'll never get healed. I love scratching my eyes, and man, that's the craziest. I love it. Jesus, have mercy on me. I'm, I'm sick, Lord. Have you ever been sick? I've been sick sometimes. I'm laying in the bed. I said, Lord, I got. I got something, man. I feel so bad. Just please kill me now, or or, or you could heal me. I, I, I thank you, please. And get up there. Oh, let me find my King James. I gotta be King James, of course. You can't use an NIV or nothing. By His stripes I'm healed. I've said a thousand times, baby. Somebody, anybody know folk like that? Huh? You know, been around that stuff? You know, come on now. Do they call that Christianity? call that a cult. Hello? C-U-L-T. He's God. He can heal you. You're not God, and you can't heal yourself. Is any sick among you? Oh no, no, we're all healed. <laughs> now that's what no James said. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders and they'll pray over him, anoint him with oil, and the prayer of faith will, will, will heal the sick. 
Those didn't say miraculous. They said, oh, he'll, he'll get better. They'll recover. Amen? Prayer does work. God can do things miraculously and instantaneously. He doesn't always. Amen? But you can't do a thing. You can sit there and, and speak your word into the ether as much as you want. And you know what it is? It's just words. Why? Because you're not God. You're the creature. He's the creator. And when he speaks, I pay attention to him, not E.F. Hutton, but Jesus Christ. Amen. When he talks, I'm listening. Glory to God. And this one man, he came, he returned, he magnified the Lord. And Jesus said, your faith, your faith what? In faith? Your faith in my word? Your faith in the power of positive confession? No, your faith in, in Jesus made him whole. Do you know, friend, God blesses, and this is a true statement, all men. But he can save only those who respond to Him. Amen. We're talking about demonstrating thankfulness. That man that returned, he got a whole lot more than what the other nine did. Oh, they all got healed. Well, he got to meet Jesus. Amen. He got to worship at the feet of the Master. He got to hear Jesus' words of commendation. And his life was changed forever. You know, God is good to all people. I've heard Christians at times, and I, I don't, if you're like me, I'm, I'm closing. At times we are ungrateful. Or we take for granted the things God has done. I mean, I, I hear Christians say, well, you know, if I've been serving God my whole life. How come I have this condition? I've been serving God my whole life, and I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. <laughs> I've been serving God my whole life, and I'm driving around an old beat-up car, tailpipe leaking out. And unsaved people down the street, drinking all night long, partying. I saw that man going there with that nickel bag, yeah, uh huh. And they got a brand new car, living in a big old house. They don't even go to church. We get out of bed in the morning. Good morning, Lord! That's it. Oh, good Lord, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is really all how you look at it. We have such great prosperity. 
We should be thankful. But I see a, I see a nation, a, a generation rising up now that, that feels entitled. You know, I was thankful that I could get a job as a young man and go make money and buy something. Hello? I didn't mind working for it. We got folk now thinking well, they're entitled to have something. You know, I think I ought to go work for McDonald's, Kent, and get $15 an hour, man, flipping burgers, we think. Because I can't live off $7 an hour. Well, you're not supposed to live off McDonald's, although that's supposed to be a starting point. Come on, man. You, you do well if you get to work in a factory and make $15. Hello? What too long ago if you made 8 or 10 that was your yeah, top dollar there, you know. And you had to break your back to get that. Thankfulness. I think you ought to pay for my college education. And I shouldn't have to pay nothing back. Is it thankful? Mm -hmm. oh, no, thankfulness. God ought to save me. Give me a big house, two cars in the garage, swimming pool in the backyard, because I'm I'm a king's kid. Is that thankfulness? We get it messed up. Not only is God our creator, but he desires to be our savior. Hallelujah. Jesus, God's son, paid our sin debt. And we deserve nothing but to serve him. Amen. We deserve. Our rebellion should have put us in hell, but his mercy extended gives us life. I want to read a story as I close here. It's a very short story, but it illustrates the point. Very clearly. It goes like this. An elderly lady with arthritis in her body sat by her window watching the traffic go by. She said, I don't know what I'd do without it. Think about that. And I would talk about gratitude, thankfulness. Sitting by a window watching the traffic. What a wonderful thing. See, what it is, it's all about perspective. Perspective. The same lady. Later on, she was moved to a room in the rear where she could no longer see the traffic from the window. But she commented this. She said, I like this better. The sweetest children play in the backyard next door. Isn't that amazing? The sweetest people, little kids, play next door. She was moved from the front to the back. And finally, she was moved to the slums of the city. And to a friend, she said this, Come and see my beautiful view. My beautiful view of the sky. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> no matter where we're at in life, or what hand we're dealt, or what chair we're put in, or window we have to look out of, be thankful. Really, that's what this woman was. She was thankful that she could see the cars going by. She was thankful that even though she was out, she could see the kids playing in the next door neighbor's yard. She was thankful that even though she was wrecked, she could look up and see the blue sky. What do, you, what do you have to be thankful for? What do I have to be thankful for? Here's a beautiful poem, and the author is unknown, but it fits our message perfectly well. The name of the poem is, But Where Are the Nine? But Where Are the Nine? I meant to go back, but you may guess I was filled with amazement. I cannot express to think that after those horrible years, that passion of loathing and passion of fears, by sores unendurable, eaten, defiled, my flesh was as smooth as the flesh of a child. I was drunken with joy, I was crazy with glee, I could scarcely walk, I could scarcely see. 
for the dazzle of sunshine where all had been black. But I meant to go back. Oh, I meant to go back. I had thought to return when my people came out. There were tears of rejoicing and laughter and shout. They embraced me for years. I had not known a kiss. Ah, the pressure of lip is an exquisite bliss. They crowded around me. They filled the whole place. They looked at my feet and my hands and my face. My children were there, my glorious wife, and all the forgotten allurements of life. My cup was so full, it seemed nothing I lacked, but I meant to go back. Oh, I meant to go back. What an indictment. Let us not be like that. When God moves and He blesses, He touches your life, let's be thankful. Let's demonstrate it by giving our lives to Him and serving Him. Let's stand this morning.